Welcome along to the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, the weekly live podcast covering San Diego Comic Con and the world of con culture, hosted by the Englishman himself, Leonard Sultana, and the big boss of the Friends of Comic Con Forum, Alyssa Franks. This is Season 5, Episode 1, recorded on Sunday the 30th of July, 2017, our first show back after our San Diego shenanigans. And this is the episode which I, Leonard, missed entirely. I decided that America's most beautiful city was too good to waste, staying in town just one more week. But that wasn't going to stop Alyssa from starting up our new run of episodes, roping in Mark Serby, who fought jet lag, commuting across London, and crowds to attend the Showmasters, London Film and Comic Con. And she also got Aaron Neighbors to join up as well, talking about SDCC Fit and his own podcasting efforts at this year's con, as well as all three of them going over their own highlights of their California adventure. Part of me regrets not signing in, but there was a hotel pool and some cold beer involved, and you're just going to have to take my word that I missed everyone. We really appreciate the support of our kind sponsors of our Talking Comic Con Patreon efforts. Please help any way you can by following and donating at patreon.com slash EnglishmanSDCC. are now live hello <laughs> sorry about being a few minutes late guys we're um just kind of getting the technical side of everything wrapped up Aaron Nabus is uh, attempting to join us and we are going to be talking with him about SDCC fit and but for now myself Alyssa Franks are minus Englishman in San Diego so we do not have Leonard today so both me and Mark uh, who I will introduce in a moment will be managing the hangout and without further ado we have Mark Serby who has attended is this right you got back yesterday you flew in from San Diego yesterday and are <laughs> attended a convention this morning? Yeah, um, after obviously San Diego finished, I went up to LA for five days, flew back, landed back in the UK at 2 p.m. UK time. Then it took an hour and a half to get back home. Uh, so then sort of tried to stay awake and go back to the normal, you know, GMT time. And then, yes, I had another convention today, London Film and Comic Con. So I had to leave the house about uh, 7 a.m. However, due to jet lag, I've been awake since three. So, uh, yes, it's a long day. It's a long day, but I'm still going. I'm still here, Alyssa. That's the main thing. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, for staying away and joining us. What time should you be asleep now, I guess, is the question. Uh, no. Well, maybe. I don't know. This is the thing. I, You know, my head keeps dropping every so often. I'm like, no, you've got to stay awake. You know, it's only 6 p.m. Stay awake. Do a couple more hours and then you can go to sleep. But we all know what jet lag's like. This is the thing. We've got to get used to it. it we can't get angry. I can't get angry at myself for not being asleep i've just got to let it take its natural path so hopefully by next weekend i should be back to normal fingers crossed it may it may take that long to catch up with you i personally i got back about uh i don't know four or five days ago been to work for a couple of days and last night all of a sudden out of the blue seven o'clock at night i was down for 11 hours <laughs> 
Oh, who knew? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the delayed Comic Con. So expect, yeah. I guess, expect those weird reactions from you. But um, you woke up at 7 a.m. this morning for London Super Comic Con. I left the house at 7 a.m. Um, it's about an hour and a half journey because it's the other side of London. So it is basically a train into London and then a tube over to the other side of London. And then it's not in the most easy of positions to get to Olympia. Um, so it is a case of about a 30 minute walk from the tube station. Um, so it's been an early rise, a lot of walking, a lot of public transport. Um, and then when I get there, they hadn't opened the doors. So there was, you guessed it, a line. I, You know, I'd missed a line. I hadn't been in one for like a week. And good news, I was in another one. Great. <laughs> so I take it this was the line to get into the convention center? Yeah, yeah. The, it's very well done there, to be honest. You go in, they... Check your bags. Obviously, you know, as to be expected, they're, they're doing thorough searches these days now. So check the bags. Um, then you go through. Then there's somebody there zapping your barcode. That's great. You're through. And then you're into like a holding pen. The only way I can describe it is kind of like being in the sort of it under the tents for Hall H. That's kind of how it is, but it's inside. So it's just inside. You can still see outside. And then you just wait until they open. And there was about five or six hundred people in front of me so not a lot of people but just enough to make it feel like we're still at a convention um but by the time i'd left it, people were just streaming in there were so many people by the time i left mm -hmm. when did you leave so you only spent a couple of hours there or this yeah morning? yeah yeah i just went this morning i just had a couple of a couple of autographs to get well three autographs to get uh have a wander around take a few photos um uh bumped into a few people who i knew so i was talking to them for a little bit uh i left around maybe midday um so i was there for about three hours but more just wandering around and seeing how the layout is um because they it's never the same layout at london film and comic con they, they always change it so you kind of it's weird. They have all of the autographs are like on the top floor. So if you want an autograph with obviously all the, the celebrities that are there, they're on the top floor. The, the ground floor is vendors and photo shoot booths um, and basically places you can get food as well. Uh, so you kind of have to get your bearings as soon as you go in. So there is kind of like this mad rush as soon as you go through the door for everybody going upstairs and then looking around once they get through the door and thinking, where, where where's benedict where's benedict Cumberbatch? where's kevin smith where is so everybody's sort of running around quite manically for like five minutes and then all of a sudden it starts to calm down and you know where things are but yeah i wandered around for a little bit just to see the the lay of the land um and lines were forming quite quickly and they have this virtual queue system where they basically allow a certain number of people in and then after that, they give you a ticket, which has got a number on it. And then once the line goes down, they have a board right at the front. And then mm -hmm. it says one, two, 30 or whatever it is. And then they rub the 30 off and they put 50. So it, it's quite a good idea, but it doesn't work for the really bigger guests. That's the problem. So it's nice for the smaller ones because obviously, you know, they're, they're not going to do one to 30 in about two hours. They're probably going to do that in about half an hour, which is great. But for somebody like Kevin Smith, Doing 30, you know, d doing autographs and talking to people, 30 people is going to probably take him two hours because the guy likes to talk. So it works for some. It doesn't work for others. 
Hmm. So the because there's so many people in line who want to who want to talk to him, I see that makes sense. Yeah, so this is the did, thing. Yeah. Who did you uh, want to get autographs from? Uh, so I wanted to get an autograph from Michael Madsen because obviously he was there and uh, he'd been signing stuff all weekend. So I wanted to get. Um, uh, there's been a new Donny Brasco Blu-ray release here in the UK. It just came out maybe about a month ago. It's got all new extras and everything. I was like, oh, I'd quite like to get that signed because obviously uh, he was in that. Um, and then also I took him a copy of the book because, you know, it's an Al Pacino film. So I, I gave him a copy of the book. And um, so we were talking about it and talking about him working with Pacino and stuff like that. It was really nice, really nice to stand there and actually talk to him. Because, you know, sometimes you go to people and they just sort of sign and then it's on to the next one. But in all honesty, most of the people there who I've seen sign have spent time with the fans and actually interacted. Um, and Michael Madsen certainly spent time with me talking. And then I went, then I kind of walked around, but Tobe Hooper was there, you know, the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Poltergeist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a strange one because obviously he, I don't know if he does many conventions in the US. He certainly has not done any here in the UK that I'm aware of. And obviously the guy's getting on a bit now. He's now 73. So I'm thinking, I need to get something signed. Um, so I went over to see him, but there was a huge queue. Like that, the line was really long for him as well. It was like, I didn't think he was this popular. But then when you realize that maybe he doesn't do this many, you can understand why. Uh, so I, I just sort of waited around, waited for it to die down. And then uh, fortunately, he was very kind to sign my Poltergeist Blu-ray, which is limited to about 2000 copies. But I was interestingly, I had a very nice chat with him about um, he was trying to do a Spider-Man film in the 80s for Canon Films. And it never got off the ground. It never happened. So I was talking to him about that and basically asked him, why didn't it work? Because obviously Spider-Man's now back, you know, Homecoming's a huge film. It's done very well. And he was basically saying that everything was in place. It was part of the three picture deal that he had with Canon, which obviously went eventually went on to Life Force and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Um, that was going to be part of it. But what stopped them was the technology. They didn't have the right cgi so to speak for the web slinging and the web shooting and everything else like that and he said everything that they tested just didn't look right so in the end they kind of binned it off because they didn't feel that they could make a decent film because they didn't have the technology so i said to him was there a script he said there was kind of one about um but it was going to be rewritten quite uh, several times since then but interesting to talk to him about a film that never happened because obviously this happens a lot you know directors do talk a lot about films that they've got coming up and then they're never made. So somebody like Tobe Hooper and George Romero had lots of passion projects in the eighties and they never got made. So it was nice to talk to him about Spider-Man. Um, and then I just kind of wandered around and was waiting for Alicia Witt. Do you know this person, Alyssa at all? I don't. She was in she was in The Walking Dead um, and a few other bits. She's also a singer. Um, so I was kind of waiting for her and she was kind of out in a hallway. It was really strange to put her and a few others who I thought were kind of, you know, big signers, big names out into this hallway. Uh, there was no lines at all for them either. Um, it, it was kind of an odd situation. I wasn't sure if 
people had started to line up yet or if they were just waiting for her by the table. There, there was kind of like this odd vibe as to should we stand here or should we keep moving? Um, she turned up late. So she didn't turn, she didn't turn up until probably about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Um, by that time, fortunately, there was only about three people in the in the line. So I jumped in very quickly and uh, had a very nice chat with her. Um, once again, I, sorry about this shameless plug-in, but once again, she was in a film with Al Pacino. So I took her a copy of the book um, and got her to sign. And th- there's something beautifully ironic about this. Got her to sign um, my... 88 Minutes DVD, which is one of the worst films Al Pacino has ever made. Um, It's a real-time thriller called 88 Minutes, but it's actually 102 minutes. So you tell me where that's going wrong. But she was very happy to talk, and I gave her a copy of the book. I've got a really nice picture of her, which I will tweet later of her reading the book. Um, But she was really nice. And then I just sort of wandered about and got caught in some traffic of uh, Benedict Wong. He was off to have his photo and I was stood in the way, didn't realise, so they, security moved me out of the way. Um, also, Will Wheaton, I was kind of stood in his way as well. So what happens there is they don't actually take them through like these secret uh, tunnels or anything else like that. They're at their table signing, and then when they need to go to do their photo shoot, they just walk them through everybody. Yes, they've got security, but it's only like, one it's kind of like their handler and then maybe a security guard and that's it so they walk through everybody so you can get sneaky photos if necessary it's a very clever way of getting pictures um so that that worked quite nicely um yeah and then i just sort of wandered about um it was it was interesting to be there very early um i think if you're going to do it get there very early considering the talent that they have there you know kevin smith alan tudjik was there mads mm-hmm. mickelson uh benedict cumberbatch was there alison hannigan uh her husband uh alexis denisoff was there so they have these big big names but you really do have to get there early if you stand any chance my friend uh this, i bumped into sorry is, go on Alyssa. this is a showmaster show yeah yeah, how, showmasters. How large is it? I mean, how many people attend? Yeah, um, yeah. I would say maybe in the region of about five to seven thousand tickets a day, okay. something like that. It's quite a large venue. Olympia is quite a large venue, mm-hmm. um, but strangely, it didn't seem like there was that many in there, even when I was leaving. Um, but the funny thing, but some of these people, as I said, some of them turning up late. Uh, Pamela Anderson is there all weekend. Not sure what she's there for, really. Doesn't really fit in with the model, I don't think. However, had a friend who was trying to get an autograph with her. Uh, he went on Friday and he got a virtual queue ticket number of 200 and something. Uh, she didn't even make it past 100 on Friday. On Saturday, he turned up early and he got a virtual queue ticket of 129. She didn't make it past 70 yesterday. Um, and then by chance he'd text me to say, you know, I'm not going to bother. I won't see you there, etc. because of, and he was telling me this, I walked past where she was meant to be and somebody was handing these virtual queue tickets out. So I took one just to see what the number was. It was 89. I'm thinking, oh, that's quite a low number. So I rang him and said, look, get down here. I've got a ticket for you. So he came down and, uh, we were still talking and then I said, right, let me know how it goes. This was when I left at 12 o'clock. She still hadn't turned up. And then following social media, it seems like she turned up for her panel just before two o'clock. So she had a panel, then she had, which was an hour. Then she had 
either half an hour or an hour's photo shoot. Then it was going to be the signing. So that's four o'clock. Now, bearing in mind they shut at five, uh, she wasn't doing that many autographs. And they basically, he sent me a message basically saying that they turned everybody away. Anybody who had a virtual queue ticket, they turned away. So that's disappointing when you have somebody like that. And I think that they, you know, they, they turn up so late because she could have got through so much more. And it, was she charging for, for signings or was she, um, just was it as she was charging and she did? Yeah. 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 That's not cool. Yeah, I don't know how much she was charging. I think it was, uh, I, I'd be tempted to say somewhere in the region of about 50 or 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she didn't turn up until this afternoon, which, you know, it, it doesn't look good on her because obviously we hear about all of these, uh, celebrities and star signers. And when they start acting like the diva in front of the fans, it really turns people off. And, you know, we don't get somebody like the quality, uh, the, the caliber of Pamela Anderson over here that much. Um, so you try and take that yeah, when and she's not turning up. And she's not, you know, she's not, to be honest with you, she's not an A-list. You know, she, no, doesn't, I, yeah, yeah. she doesn't have that, you know, she, she doesn't have the gravitas to be able to pull that kind of diva attitude. And I guess I should have pulled a punch there, but, you know, I'm not going to because. <laughs> no, 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 you're exactly right. The funny thing was I was talking to some attendees while I was walking around and they were there yesterday and mm-hmm. they were saying that basically um, security had cornered her off. So mm-hmm. you couldn't you couldn't see her. And then when they moved, so people would like trying to get sly shots in, you know, with it, with their long camera picture, uh, long cameras and everything else like that, as you normally do at a con. You know, you that's you're not getting close unless you want something signed. So they decided to put some. I, I can't remember what he told me. It was either sheets or like tower pauling or something like that up. So nobody could see her. So she was in a closed off area and they had eight security around her. And I'm thinking, come on. You know, this is ridiculous. You know, you've got bigger stars. You know, Madden Mickelson is one of the biggest stars around at the moment. And he sat over there. I can see him. I could wave to him. That's the I, thing. But you get this diva I, attitude. I think I saw some pictures with uh, uh, Cumberbatch and, and, you know, just just in passing, not, you know, not they weren't photo ops. They weren't, you know, the person obviously wasn't even getting something signed, you know. So yeah. it was very, very casual and very that's ridiculous. I yeah. do welcome Aaron, who was able to join us to <laughs> to the hangout. Um, How's everybody? <laughs> had a little bit of tech. We've been talking with Mark, who's uh, attended New York. Uh, who attended? Excuse me. Yes, I have New York Comic Con on the mind. I'll be getting to that. In- <laughs> but who attended L- London Film? And Comic Con this morning, uh, after returning back from San Diego yesterday, uh, yesterday or the day before, we also on the Q and A have got uh, Kitty Gunn who says good morning and Super Cat Chick and Karen Sessions. <laughs> good morning, <laughs> <laughs> Graham Small and Sam Payne. So we've got a number of people joining us also, and a welcome, awesome. welcome to everybody for for joining us. No, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty low behavior from somebody from Pamela Anderson at 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 um, London Film and Comic Con. I'm I'm kind of amazed at that. I, how was the general vibe of the con? It seemed 
you know, I mean, I know that you're coming from San Diego, so you've got a different feeling than everybody else, but was everybody excited for it? Had there been a lot of other cons happening in that area recently or? Not really. Um, Showmasters are kind of the main uh, event organisers for conventions here in the UK at the moment. They do get great guests. There's no two ways about it. You know, two years ago, they had a Back to the Future reunion where they basically got everybody apart from Tom Wilson there. So Michael J. Fox was there, you know, and they, they put on this huge panel. So they do get big guests. They really do. And uh, it, it's it's kind of easy to get their autograph, dependent on obviously how big they are. So if you're a big autograph hunter, um, London Film and Comic Con or any of the showmasters that they put on is the perfect place to do it. And you do get time to speak to them. But in terms of build up, it's kind of funny how it works with them it, is it sort of ebbs and flows in that once they announce somebody really big. So when they announced Kevin Smith, uh, you could see like the social media pattern really jumped and then it dies down a little bit. So it, it really is dependent on guests. It's nothing else to do with uh so you know you compare it to san diego uh they've got panels here at london but they're very minimal to say the mm-hmm. least so they don't really announce these panels until later on uh they don't have exclusives at all it is just basically if you want a photo or if you want an autograph that's the place mm-hmm. to go to you're not going to get much else they have vendors there selling stuff you know there, there's a lot of stalls there but most of it's the same thing they're, you know fortunately walking around there wasn't that many uh funkos i was quite surprised to see <laughs> how few there was and of the stores that did have them you could walk straight up which is obviously very different to when you're in san diego and you can't get near the funko booth um so yes there's a very different vibe to it a very different vibe so speaking of san diego um uh, i'm just gonna I turn turn the uh the tide just a little bit here and uh Try and get Aaron to say a few words, if uh, he will, because uh, hmm. I do want to get everybody's eye. Uh, you know, it's been a week last Sunday. You Has know, it? It's been a week already? <laughs> since last Sunday. I mean, a week minus a few hours granted, you know, because uh, it would have, I guess it would have been around 10 o'clock. The start of Sunday would have been happening right about now, a week ago. But uh, how, <laughs> how was your con? Aaron, I think. Oh, my con. Well, obviously, um, my con was was pretty cool. Um, uh, for people that follow me, I, I do um, operate a blog called HallH.com and also a podcast, Hall H Show. So, I wanted to make this year obviously balanced in terms of work and fun. Um, so, basically, you can sort of sum up my experience as uh, podcasting, panels, and uh, dancing. So, <laughs> as as Alyssa, as Alyssa can attest to that, uh, yeah, uh, the the podcasting we were able to sneak in five podcasting episodes uh, for the Holly Show uh, this Comic Con. So we talked to Karma from Second Union. Uh, she was our first guest on Tuesday. Uh, you know, before preview night, uh, we interviewed uh, Ureyes. He was the founder of uh, Black Heroes Matter. Uh, we talked to Stefan Frank. He's the creator and uh, writer and uh for for this comic book called silver uh, uh Stephen Frank is he worked as a i think a 
an animation supervisor for uh, the movie Iron Giant. So now he's making a he's segueing into sequential art. So uh, yeah, this this comic book Silver is pretty uh, uh, cinematic in terms of the panels and the perspectives. So I recommend people check out that comic book too. Basically, it's the gist of it is sort of like uh, it has sort of has like a film noir feel to it, and it's basically these guys who are who are trying to steal you know. These vampires collect silver because it makes them feel alive. Because people who are, you know, immortal, they need a challenge in life. You know, so they collect silver, and this is basically the first two volumes are about you know these treasure hunters who are trying to steal that silver from the vampires. So it's a pretty cool book. Um, we talked to the writer for uh, a comic book called uh, Spencer and Locke. If you can imagine, um, Sin City meets uh, Calvin and Hobbes. Is basically like that. Um, this guy is, you know, partner who's like Hobbes. So I'm looking forward to checking out that book. He did a, uh, uh, it's a four issue arc. Um, it's he pitched it uh, to several studios, and I think he's going to have a uh, uh, sort of like a live action adaptation of it. So I'm looking forward to checking that out, uh, in the future. Uh, we also uh, did an an SCC fit wrap up on Sunday. Um, that was that was fun. We had uh, obviously we had Jared there, uh, Jeff Muller. We had uh, uh, Kevin Walwin, you know, the editor in chief for uh, Friends of CC Blog. We had uh, Karma from Second Union. We had uh, Stephanie Undead Steph on Twitter, and her husband Brian. So uh, that was a pretty cool episode. It was cool to see everybody there. Um, everybody was. I was so. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was so sorry that I missed that. I really had wanted to. Come. Oh yeah, it, it would have been awesome to have you there. Uh, but you invited a, oh, a number of different people on it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, right between the time of uh, the the Comic Con talkback panel and trying to get over to a meetup, and so I I couldn't quite make it at that point. Um, perhaps we can do it at another time. <laughs> yes. Sure, sure, definitely. But love. but you know, I didn't I didn't expect Talkback to go that long. I know that Talkback is at four, and I had I had planned for five thirty, and I knew you guys had a meetup at like you know afterwards. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll try again next year, or you know, we'll, at some other time. But um, okay, there's the podcasting and the panels also. Uh, it's kind of funny because at HallH.com, you would think that we cover Hall H stuff, but we're sort of an ironic kind of blog. Um, we sort of cover everything else besides Hall H. So, I mean, because especially at Center Comic Con, there's so much more to do besides Hall H. I mean, props to the people that, that are willing to stick to Hall H. I have mad respect for them. You know, I haven't been to Hall H since before 2010, so that's how long that I haven't been there. But uh, for us uh, at HallH.com and for Hall yes. <laughs> a week ago. Oh. <laughs> Since I've been <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh but the panels were, were were awesome this year. Um Rob Salkowitz, he's a guest he's a past guest on uh Cup of T S D C C. I went to a couple of his panels. The uh he had a, a, a panel with underground pioneer uh Dennis Kitchen. That was an interesting, you know, sort of look at, you know, underground comics and the history of it, especially, you know, starting during the hippie movement back in the 60s. So that was an awesome panel. And that was, I wanted to attend all of Rob's panels, but he just had so many and there's some other panels that I wanted to watch. You know, I wish I could just multiply myself somehow and just attend everything. But uh, the other panel that I attended uh, that Rob uh, moderated was the uh, sort of pop culture Shark Tank panel. 
Um, and I'll be posting a video of that too because you need to check out Tony Kim, uh, his, you know, the, the CEO of Hero Within. His pitch was, was pretty much spot on. And all the, the panelists on there, the, the judges, uh, so to speak, said, uh, Rob had asked him at the end of the, the panel, if I were to give you $200,000 each, and you know you can divide it amongst the three presenters, or you can give 100% to one person. Who would it be? And unanimously, they they said they would give $200,000 if they could to Tony Kim. Wow. So yes, yeah, so his pitch was pretty spot on. Um, and then uh, since we were sort of celebrating Jack Kirby's centennial, I wanted to attend a couple of Jack Kirby panels. Uh, IDW had a panel as well. It was pretty much, you know. Uh, Kevin Eastman and, uh, you know. That was on Saturday. I'm sorry? The Kirby panel. Yeah. That IDW. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that was the one I where attended the, that one. They, they gave out an artist edition book, uh, to, to one of the fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, they also gave out a sweet poster to everybody, which I'll show later. I would but, um, that uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and maybe yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Was that? And maybe I can barter for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so they had, uh, you know, they had Kevin Eastman on that panel. They had, um, Walt Simonson on that panel and a whole slew of other people just, just waxing poetic about, uh, you know, Jack Kirby and a bunch of, you know, his past stories that they, they related. And, um, the second panel that I attended concerning Jack Kirby was right after that. It was a gentleman by the name of Arlen Schumer. If you're not following Arlen online, you know, you should, because that guy is just a wealth of information. He's an authority on Silver Age, you know, art and artists. And so, uh, so if, if you watch the documentary, uh, Batman and Bill, it's about, uh, Bill Finger, uh, uh, Arlen Schumer shows up in there as, uh, somebody talking about, uh, Bill Finger. So, but he's really, you know, novel Jack Kirby and his visual lectures are just, you know, they're just, I could watch his visual lectures, you know, all, all day, basically. Um, he could, he should have power for three hours, to be honest with you, because he had that much information. I've seen, um, I've seen that Batman and Bill, uh, documentary and it was, yeah. it was fabulous. It highly recommended. We talked about it yeah. a number of times. Have you, have, did you have a chance to see that one, Mark, at all? Yeah, I've seen it. I'm a huge Batman fan. So, uh, yeah, I did watch it. Um, I like it. I think it gives good information. Kind of felt it was a little bit self-serving at times, but the final payoff, the money shot in the cinema, I thought was very well done. Yeah. Good. Um, and, the, and the third panel that I would, you know, recommend uh, people going uh, to every year, he has the panel there all the time, is uh, an artist named Brian Tillman. He's based out of Baltimore, um, and his panel was about how to promote and pitch yourself. And it's really animated. He just, he's so, you know, he gets the crowd all excited. It's, it's an awesome panel to attend. Uh, I just love going to that panel every year. I, you know, I learn something all the time. Um, and for those of you who, who think that, you know, comics are dead at San Comic Con, you know, I, I agree, especially when it comes to the indie movement. Um, there's a few people that we were glad to have seen at Comic Con who, who we've had as, uh, guests on our podcast. Um, the first one was, uh, Jupiter Jet. Um, it's a comic book created by a husband and wife team. They, um, well, one of the, their names are, are Jason Inman and uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson. You may recognize just Jason Inman from uh, DC All Access. He's one of the hosts there. And uh, Ashley works at Top Cow Comics. But together, they also have a podcast called uh, Geek History Lesson. That's another podcast I sort of recommend. They sort of 
uh, the gist of that podcast is that they sort of concentrate on, on one character. Take Nightwing, for instance, and they delve into the history. All the recommended readings that they, you know, they can find out there, they'll talk about an hour just on that one character. So I learned a lot from that show. So all of these um, podcasts that you did during the convention, they're all on mm-hmm. your college. Uh, um, well, <laughs> well or not, not yet. Not not yet. I'm I'm sort of uh, easing back into to 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 reality. I had like. 360 emails were waiting for me on, on Monday. So, uh, being a project manager at work, it's like, you know, I, I think they missed me. So there's a lot of projects that I sort of had to, you know, get back into and, and organize. So I, the, this whole week was just me catching up. So I really haven't had a chance to sort of organize all the content that we got at the San Diego Comic Con, but I will for the next month, uh, uh, you know, get everything prepped. Um, uh, another but they, uh, person that was on our podcast. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. But eventually you will be having all of these up on your, on the hall H dot com. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We will have the, out of the five podcasts that we did at, at, at Comic Con, we did post one already, the one with Karma. Uh, the next four I'll start rolling out and all the video that I took, I'll start putting up on YouTube. Um, uh, going back to sort of the indie comic book creators, uh, besides Jupiter Jet, um, we had a person that we had on, uh, his name is Keith and Jones. He started his own comic book publishing company called Kid Comics, and he just had a successful Kickstarter campaign for his third issue, uh, his comic book called Power Nights. So yeah, it was just, it was just awesome. Uh, and it's something that we enjoy following on, on HallH.com. And of course, you know, the dancing part, we were at, uh, the Saturday after parties uh, for Hero Within, the Red Wedding at uh, House of Blues, and then and then, and then also we went to the Screen Junkies one where we met uh, uh, Devorah and Aaron. So that was a, that was a fun night. Let's just say that uh, um, after midnight, when my Fitbit sort of reset for the next day, by the time we got to Burger Lounge uh, for for some you know late night eats, I had almost ten thousand steps. Yeah. So <laughs> I had met my goal. Uh, by the time I woke up in the morning, yes. Awesome. <laughs> my goal exactly. is set very low on my, on my Fitbits too. So, but right. it, it's kind of interesting. I mean, all three of us, I think, went as press this this past year. Um, I took a very late. Well, we were, we we weren't approved for press, so just to just to say, just to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Um, I I kind of took a late yeah. more laid back approach. Uh, you seem to attack it very intently, Aaron. How did how did you uh, mark how how did it uh, being pressed? How did it affect your con and and what were some of the highlights? Um, it didn't really affect it that much because mm-hmm. the stuff that came through most of it didn't really interest me. The bits that did uh, turned out to be from people based here in London. So I said to them, "Why are we going to do something in San Diego when I can just come to you?" your office a week later and do it there and we, we've got more time to chat so most of the stuff i lined up is actually going to be later on um in, in <laughs> a, a strange uh, sort of fate really um yeah so it didn't really affect it that much um saturday afternoon um i went off and saw some people for uh, some business bits and whatever else so yes yeah, Saturday afternoon was kind of my press bit of going around and seeing people um the rest of it 
I was just kind of taking notes, taking some photos. Um, they're all going to be up on, obviously, an Englishman in San Diego, uh, doing some other bits as well. So, yeah, just kind of, you know, milling in and out, remembering bits, but then also just enjoying the con a little bit. Mm-hmm. What was the highlights for you, Mark? Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, well, I, I'd said, obviously, last week when we did the wrap-up show that even though I don't watch Supernatural anymore – you can't fault what they do in Hall H, you know, opening with Kansas singing Carry On My Wayward Song. (laughs) I mean, that's the way to open a Hall H show, you know, Marvel and DC, (laughs) everybody, you know, Game of Thrones, Be Damned, all of that. That's how you open it with a gig, you know, so they were very good. And um, interestingly, I, I kind of sat in the room to see the Hanna-Barbera 40th anniversary panel. It was in a very small room. But we had to get in there early because we knew it was going to be busy. So we got in there about halfway through Max Brooks's panel. And he was talking about um, a book that he had written about um, uh, Minecraft. So he'd written this book. However, it was when we got in there, it would, he had got to the Q&A section. And all of the questions, everybody lined up, were children. So all of these children were asking him questions about Minecraft. But the answers that he were giving... We're brilliant because it was basically he was talking directly to to the kids and answering, you know, how how do I build a lake or something like that? I I don't know. I don't play Minecraft. I don't know. But what he was actually doing very cleverly was also relaying it back to real life. So some young boy asked him about, oh, you know, uh, my friend had this problem. Uh, with bullying of uh, somebody else who built their house next to my friends and whatever. So basically it was a bullying question. So then Max Brooks replies back to say, well, this is how you deal with it. But, you know, bullying in real life and went off on this really interesting um, answer about uh, how you should deal with bullying when you're a child. And also my dad was bullied, you know, obviously with, with, um, with the critics and with the press and everything else like that. So he gave all of these fantastic answers. The kids went away because, and were like, Oh, that's great. He gave me an answer on how to do this on Minecraft. And all of the parents were kind of sat there and thought, well, he's answered our question on bullying or he's also answered our question on, um, you know, where do babies come from? This type of thing. And I'm kind of sat there thinking, this is a brilliant panel. And I didn't even mean to be here. So I was really impressed with what he did. Really impressed. Mm-hmm. He's the same guy that wrote um, the iZombie. He wrote a, a zombie. World War, yeah, World War Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's an interesting change. You can see the change because obviously Minecraft is huge. But at the same time, this book is, it kind of spans Minecraft, but then it also kind of spans how to deal with things in everyday life. So I, I was really impressed with the panel and I wasn't really there. You know, I was on my phone for a little bit and then I put my phone down and thought, I'm going to watch this because this is really interesting. And then, you know, these programs where it's like kids do the funniest things. Well, right. that's kind of what it was as well, because he would answer the question <laughs> and then uh, one of the kids would go, yeah, that's great. But then also my second question. And I'm thinking, no, no, you only get one question at Comic-Con, but nobody's told these children. <laughs> so like, some of the kids had like three questions and it was quite funny because they just kept going on and everybody was laughing and they were like, no, I'm going to ask my third question. I want to know how to get a dog in Minecraft or something like that. Um, yeah, I really liked it. And yet I shouldn't have been there. That was the thing. So yeah, that was, it, it's not a highlight, but I'm pleased I saw it. One of those uh, serendipitous uh, 
find out, you know, finding moments that you have, uh, that you can only have at San Diego Comic Con when they don't, cl- um, when they don't, cl- um, clear the rooms out. Uh, uh, I just want to get back to, uh, the Q&A. Corgi Commander said he's probably not going to be doing Hall H just to, you know, because we were talking about that a little bit before. <laughs> he's not going to be doing Hall H next year. Um, to which, uh, Graham Small says, thank you. Um, I hope that 3,000 other people think that same thing. And <laughs> because I will get um, as I, as I was saying, I did get into Hall H and I have to say that, uh, it was interesting. Um, I, I, every year, this time of year, I say, was it worth the dedication? And I find that I actually, to get into Hall H and I find that I actually kind of enjoyed the sleep out a little bit more than I enjoyed Hall H. Um, I found myself sleeping in the seats, uh, during a couple of panels, although I will say that the, um, the one panel, and you'll know, have to help me, Mark, for uh, the Atomic Blonde Lady. Um, Charlie Theron, yeah. Um, that was pretty impressive. They did. They showed a clip for that, and I know that the movie has come out. Have you had a chance to see that movie yet? Yeah, I, I saw it at Comic-Con. I went to the Atomic Blonde screening that they had on the Saturday night. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I I like it. It's a little bit baggy in the middle. It doesn't need to be two hours. But if you want to see Charlie's kicking ass and taking names later, that's your film. And also, if you're a fan of evil James McAvoy, this is also the film to see it. Um, but the, the funny thing was, we went to the Horton Plaza screening and they gave out wigs and sunglasses. And everybody had to put on these blonde wigs and sunglasses and then she t- she turned up and had a photo op and everything else like that. What I've realized is I don't look good as a blonde. <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know what you have to do now, Mark. <laughs> I, well, I that- may. <laughs> well, put that picture up. Yeah, the problem is with that picture is I kind of look like um, the guy from This Is Spinal Tap who um, uh, oh, I can't remember who it is. I'll put it on social media so you can see it. But, yeah, I definitely don't look like I don't look good like a blonde. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. It was fun because there was drinks beforehand, um, free drinks, free food, and then we were all led upstairs. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was really good, really interesting. That explains Kitty Gunn's comment, which is you need, uh, let's see, Mark, grab your blonde wig. Now I understand that. I did not right. tell this um, Let's see. Graham Small also says Preacher had a band too. Um, did, did either of you guys go see the Preacher? Uh, you saw Preacher. They had a band also. Well, this leads back into your thing where you were talking about Hall H, Alyssa, which was um, before Preacher was Twin Peaks. Now we knew that wasn't going to be that busy. It's kind of a cult show. Um, I wanted to see Twin Peaks. I wanted to see Preacher, but there were some big shows on before Twin Peaks. But kind of knew that the hall would empty out and so if we started to line up around i think we lined up around midday one o'clock uh for the three o'clock twin peaks and then we never got in um even though we knew people who were in hall h and were tweeting pictures to show that it was half empty everybody in those shoots was there for twin peaks and nobody was let in and then when twin peaks finished 
we waited and thought, okay, it's okay, we'll get in for preacher. Uh, no, they let us in for preacher about 10 minutes after it started at the exact point where they were showing a video. So it was pitch black in there. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't see where to sit. We had no idea if we were sitting on top of people. It was absolutely terrible. The, 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 the line management of that day, which was Friday, was terrible. Absolutely terrible. It really was. And, you know, all of these Twin Peaks fans. And there was two people stood next to us. They'd never done Hall H before. And I said to them, don't worry about it. You'll probably get in here because this is going to empty out and it's just going to be Twin Peaks fans and uh, uh, Preacher fans, the Defenders fans will come in. And they gave up. They gave up because they'd been waiting three hours. And I said, I'm so sorry. Um, they should have let us in. As you can see from these pictures, it is half empty. Right. I think, um, I mean, I hesitate to, to put reason where I don't know that this is a reason. So this is just a guess on my part. I know that with the talkback panel, when I finally got let into the talkback panel room because they had closed it, it felt as though it was about half full, a half or a third full, um, and that a lot of people had left. Um, I, I suspect that, and it was closed due to the fire marshal. So I suspect what may have happened in Hall H on Friday was that due to all of the bathroom passes that had been handed out, they weren't sure how many people were going to come back in. So they kept the hall closed because they didn't want to have all of these bathroom passes coming back in and having let all of the people into the room. And then the room would have been at over capacity. That was probably the thinking of the fire marshal at that point. Unfortunately, as you demonstrated, it left a lot of people out in the cold or in the bright sunshine, I should say, and not <laughs> no. in, in the room. Um, that. Yeah. It, it may indeed be something that they're that they look at uh, for for next con in addition to all of the other line problems. I kind of wanted to stay away from line problems though today. Yeah, we, yeah, we should do. <laughs> we should do. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not just an hour's discussion, is it? That's no, uh, no. We could no. do the, the whole rest of the show on line problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that was the thing. Um, Aaron, uh, let's see, Graham Small. Uh, Best thing outside the center was the Ra- uh, Raiders, Rebels, and Superman concert with the San Diego Symphony Orchestra at Copley Center. Um, that sounds interesting. Was that back at, like, towards Horton, Horton Plaza? Is that where Copley Center is? Or am I mis- misunderstanding the layout of San Diego? You guys, yeah. Um, it's more towards Horton Plaza. Yeah. Okay. And that would have been fun. I had tried to get over towards the Horton Plaza, mostly because I was looking for a, um, one of the Mono Conans. <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> to, uh, to luck into one of those, those things. Um, speaking, speaking of Mono Conans, um, what, uh, I, I'm going to go first here because I haven't talked for a few minutes. And- <laughs> And you had mentioned earlier the um, some of the you had mentioned earlier uh, Bloom Count. Uh, my personal favorite was uh, one of the things that I got at, at San Diego was Ooh, nice uh, was a Bloom County signed by uh, Burke Breathhead. I was just taking a look at it uh, this morning because I finally unpacked one of my suitcases, which kind of goes into my post-con depression 
date <laughs> and oh. <laughs> <laughs> turned, turned to the first page. And what do I see? But, um, Steve Albert, the main character in a drunken vodka uh, state <laughs> complaining about extensionism uh, <laughs> and and Comic Con, not Comic Con, but uh, it it was uh, it was particularly appropriate. So uh, if people choose to enjoy things, uh, you know, choose to uh, go through all of their precious precious possessions, this this one is definitely one of mine. I also managed to get um, a couple of the Conan Pops, which I've been very, very happy about. But those, uh, the, um, I did happen to get the White Walker, which I was, I was really thrilled about. A friend of mine gave that to me, so I was, I was very happy. Did you guys get anything of uh, interest at Con, or was it more about experiences for you? Oh, uh, it's a little bit of both. Um... For me, I guess I'll start off with the uh, B. Oh, <laughs> so that that was the the print that they gave out at the yeah at IDW. Um, who, I also, I'm sorry. Who did the art for that? What? I'm sorry. Who's the artist of that? I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. I mean, it looks, it definitely looks like it's, um, a takeoff or did they, um, did they yeah. hold some of his, uh, older, his work together? I, I, they may have, I think they may have sampled some of Jack Kirby's stuff mm-hmm. and sort of pieced it together. Mm-hmm. And then another, another interesting thing I got, um, I'm a pretty big Vampire Hunter D fan. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who follow an artist named Agnes Garboska, she does, uh, My Little Pony Friday W. But she did her take on, you know, Vampire Hunter D. Um, it's like a little, uh, thing there. And she, and then when I was getting it from the Stranger Comics booth, they had pulled it out and then they said, Oh, Agnes is here. You know, you can probably get signed, but this one was already signed. But, uh, I hope to, you know, meet her in person. That'd be pretty cool. And then some more Vampire Hunter D stuff. I got this cover, comic book cover that, uh, I guess it's a glare, but, um, pretty much it's pretty cool. Um, I follow another artist called Art Germ. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet him at this, this year's con, but he's a person that I really want to meet in the near future. Um, sticking on the IDW uh, tip, uh, there's an artist that does uh, cover art for some of the comic books, uh, Jin Kim. He does Transformers. So he did these little chibi versions of uh, G1 and G2 characters. So that was pretty cool. Um, I mentioned uh, Keith and Jones earlier. I picked up his... Uh, Number three for his creator-owned comic book, The Power Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also mentioned uh, Jupiter Jet. This is pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty much about a about about a sixteen-year-old who has a jetpack, and you know she you know <laughs> saves the day. Um, and then I mentioned and then I mentioned uh, Arlen Schumer. I picked up his book. It's pretty hefty. Ah. Uh, it's not as it's not it's not as big as uh, Mark's uh, you know Mark's book, but uh, <laughs> but it's pretty cool. <laughs> we have a bunch of like oh nice. art here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to delving into this. You know, yeah, this this book right here, if like I said, if you guys aren't following Arlen Schumer, you know, check him out online. He's uh, he's pretty cool. And that's pretty much what I picked up at Comic Con. Well How about you, Mark? I did pick up whoops, I'm gonna go I'm gonna grab I'm 
going to grab the, the controllers. <laughs> I did pick up one other thing that I Okay. Did, and that was the artist. Oh, nice. Of, uh, I could not resist it with, uh, the watcher and oh. surfer on it. I mean, just. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. This actually sold out, um, prior to this, all of the IDW artist editions have not sold out. This one did sell out at con. Um, I think because mm. of the large format, I mean, this is a, as, as it's the older format of the uh, comic pages. So they are much larger than the, the 11 by 18 that we're currently using. Um, so that in addition to the uh, Jack Kirby uh, <laughs> front, <laughs> this one did. <laughs> so I had to, I had to pick this one up and it actually traveled back in my luggage with me. My three other artist editions got shipped home because they weigh quite a bit, and my luggage was... Oh, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And how about you, Mark? What did you get? Anything? Um, Well, I don't read that many comics, to be honest with you, so I I don't go near those. I'm more of a uh, collectibles type person, so I managed to pick up a Coraline figure. Which are, are, you know, I've looked at it. I haven't taken it out of the box. I'd love to see it all lit up. I'm not going to do that. Um, I also picked up this as did well. You, did you get um, those at the, um, and correct my pronunciation of this, the Lodkayev? Laker. Laker. <laughs> did you get that at the Laker offsite? Or was no. that before? No, that was from NECA. NECA are doing all the Laker stuff now. Um, but I did go to the offsite and they had an amazing Kubo and the two strings figure, which was a hundred dollars. And I really was toying with it, with the idea of getting it, but I didn't. Uh, I got a t-shirt instead. Um, yeah, so I, I'm more of a figures type person, collectible figures. However, I did pick this up. Um, just by chance walking past it. And I thought, Oh, that's kind of a cool picture. And then. You'll see why I stopped to talk to the guy, um, and it's kind of funny. Um, I, I don't know if you can see that. It's stay-at-home Scarface. Oh, wow. um, so it is a colouring book, um, <laughs> all with kind of like from the Scarface film, um, but it's all been changed into him being a dad. Um, it's by a guy called Kenny Keel. Uh, I actually met him. Really nice guy. He actually signed the book for me as well. Um, it's actually very funny. There are a lot of funny pictures in here, and I like how he sort of twisted the original Scarface ideas on it as well. Um, so yeah, I was kind of uh, I was kind of taken back with that, um, and we had a nice chat. So that's one of the things. The rest of it is still in bags. It's still in bags, in bags, in bags. Um, <laughs> only which actually, you know, this comes about because of. On Friends of CC uh, website, there is a brilliant trade thread. So if you've got something uh, or you're looking for something, you can put it on there and people will get in touch. Um, I had put on there that if anybody had a Dark Horse poster, the Hellboy film poster that was the teaser, um, I'd love to uh, trade. Somebody got in contact. Somebody had one. And I was still in San Diego at that time. So I had basically arranged to meet him. At the Santa Fe Depot, as I'm getting the Amtrak back to L.A., so we meet outside, 
He gives me the poster. I give him some pins that he wanted. So we have this last minute trade off. So I'm just waiting for that poster to turn up. I had to ship it back to myself because it was too big to come in my suitcase. I won't tell you how much shipping was. It was a ridiculous amount. Um, <laughs> but I was really pleased to get that because I, I really do like Hellboy. Um, and obviously this teaser poster for next year is really nice. I think shipping in general, uh, for those of us who do, who live farther away was hellacious in, in terms of the cost of it. Um, I, I know shipping back to me. I, but I think also because I shipped from the hotel, I think if I had gotten out of the hotel, I could have shipped a, a little bit better. So how do you guys think that SDCs in general did? We're not talking about lines. Um, just. You know, in terms of, I thought their communication was pretty good this year. I saw a lot of tweets from them. I liked the the level of merchandise that they were they were um, selling. Um, they seemed like they had a good variety of shirts. Uh, the pins, the addition of the pins was it was really nice. The two the two pins, one that they gave out with the lanyards, with the um, not the lanyards, with the the badges, the, the bags, boxes, plus the the toucan. Uh, one that they had for, I believe that they had for sale. Um, also, what I really liked, and I don't know how much San Diego, um, as CCI had to do with this. One of the things I really liked was the transforming of San Diego into um, SDCC. I mean, with the um, with the spread out offsites, and maybe that's just because this is the first year I've really gone to offsites. But having um, the Blade Runner and the Petco Park and and just and having uh, the things in Horton Plaza and close and close to Horton Plaza, it seemed like they really did a good job. I know there was a lot of talk before Con about um, Nerd HQ not being there, and um, so I guess you know the the question to you guys is how do you think um, CCI did this year in general? Um, Aaron first. How about that? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, generally speaking, I had, I think this might have been my favorite con ever. You know, <laughs> just because, just because, I mean, just, just because generally speaking, you know, this was the first time that I actually spent, uh, the whole week there. A friend of ours usually gets a room in downtown. Uh, this year he got a room at the Omni. So we, we decided, uh, to sort of team up and split the room. And I was there for the duration. And, uh, overall, you know, I had a pretty good experience. Um, I didn't go to as many offsites this year just because I was uh, doing more interviews with, uh, some, some creators and going to different panels. But, uh, me the, the panels and uh you know talking talking to people um i think for me that was like the best experience that that i've had at, at any con uh one observation that i i sort of take away is that um i noticed in the early part of uh, the week you know especially you know thursday friday saturday um foot traffic inside the exhibit hall wasn't as compact as i remember um, I had talked to a couple artists, and they had had remarked saying that yeah, it's it's not as it's not as full as it was the previous years. Um, but they said luckily at the tail end of of the con, uh, like late Saturday and and Sunday, that business did start to pick up, and traffic seemed a little bit more on par as it was in the past. But uh, I don't know if that's due to the offsite events. The, you know, I, I'm thinking that's that's probably you know the reason why. It, the exhibit hall probably wasn't as packed as you know previous years, but overall, and I had a pretty you know awesome experience. 
Um, I was kind of, I, I just briefly, I was kind of wondering if um, all of the stuff happening outside was going to detract from things happening inside the kind. This, I, uh, Mark. Um, yeah, I mean, what what you've got to do is you've got to separate the fact that CCI don't run these off sites. These people just come and sort of piggyback on San Diego Comic Con. Personally, for me, I found the entire weekend in in the convention center. So CCI is doing a little bit average. There wasn't a lot of stuff there. There was no Plan C for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was very rarely a plan B. Um, that's because I didn't find much of the panels, um, overlapping. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was quite average for me, I have to say. However, it was made up by the offsites, which were incredible this year. I think everybody's talked about it. And I think this is the year where offsites probably surpassed a lot of stuff that was happening in the convention center. And I think CCI are going to have to be a little bit careful and sh and start to maybe up their game a little bit more because otherwise people are just not going to get badges and people are just going to be happy to stand in that Game of Thrones queue for 12 hours and then the next day be happy to stand for four hours in a Blade Runner queue. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, had, I had a pretty good view of, of the queue from my room at the Omni. <laughs> <laughs> Show off. Such a show-off, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but, um, yeah, off-sites made it for me this year. Really did, you know, I, and I hit a lot. The first time in, probably since, since the first time I went in 2013. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely the most I've hit. Um, I hit them early on, got through most, well, all of them. Um, did nearly all of the XF, uh, FX stuff as well, which I was quite surprised about because there was hardly any cues. And this was towards midday as well so cci in general i agree with you Alyssa, that they were very good on social media they were very proactive on there in tweeting stuff out but they don't reply back to people and i know they can't reply back to everybody but there should be a cci help thing on there i, I don't like the fact that they don't respond to anybody especially during the con that kind of seems a bit off to me um beyond that yeah middling middling affair for me hmm Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I was definitely concerned about whether or not, you know, how much it would detract from the convention center to have all of the great offsites. I wonder, I'm, I, I thought the offsites in general required a badge, though. Um, but going through, I don't recall anybody ever paying attention to the fact that I had a badge on or not. No. So I guess they don't. I mean, they say they may say they do, but I, I don't. I'm not sure if they do or not. Um, well, you you saying that, Alyssa? The Atomic Blonde screening initially, when word first went out, it was you need a badge to get in, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, some of the people in the line behind us were like, "Well, we met the Atomic Blondes on the street, and they were just giving out flyers and said turn up." So there was a lot of miscommunication even with some of the off-site people and then in the end it basically they the people who were running the screening just kind of went oh you're here just go in yeah. you don't need a badge so there was actually people in there who didn't have badges at all mm -hmm. um so yeah i think you're right in that i don't even think there was one off-site that needed a badge i could be wrong maybe there was but i didn't see it 
Yeah, that I mean, that scanned a badge or, you know, made it a point of looking at the badge. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to use this as a gateway whether or not you get into the off-sites. So yeah. that's, that is interesting. I wonder if CCI has said you, that you, to all the off-sites that they need a badge, but they don't really buy into it, hmm. perhaps. Possibly. Um, I don't know how CCI would police that, though. I think that's the problem because yeah. anybody could turn around and say, you have no jurisdiction here. This is our area. We have <laughs> we have rented the car. We have rented the car park. It's not your car park. Uh, we, we've, rented, right. we've rented this piece of grass. It's nothing to do with you. So difficult. <laughs> yes, it would be difficult for CCI to, to manage it. Yeah. So. What um, what do you guys have planned for the rest of your con season? Um, are you how are you? I mean, I know Mark, you just went to a con um, this morning. Are you going to be going to? Uh, do you have a few other cons to go to? How are you dealing with post con depression? <laughs> or I, I guess it's re- that's really not a fair question to ask for you since since you <laughs> obviously just got back yesterday. <laughs> Um, go to Aaron (laughs) yeah yeah go to Aaron first I'll I'll still answer but go to Aaron first he's dealing with it better than me probably what do you you have planned for the rest of the season or how are you dealing with post-con depression Um, Um, I think it I think the the post-con depression might hit me this week just because I've been so busy with other things that I really haven't had time to just you know acclimate myself back to regular uh, to reality. Uh, plus, I hung out with uh, I hung out with Leonard yesterday, so maybe that's why I'm still sort of in in, in uh, SDCC mode. So hanging out with him, um, Matt Dunford, who's the uh, the president or chairman of uh, San Diego Comic Fest, and then we were at the uh, the Comic Art Gallery at Liberty Station, um, and I was just we were just in awe because you know both Mark. And uh, the the guy that runs IDW, uh, the the comic book gallery, uh, the comic art gallery over there, uh, TJ Shevlin, they they're just like they can talk for hours. They can talk your ear off about comic books, and I was just like hum- I was humbled. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, so even even at lunch, even when we went to lunch, I was like, whoa, this is like awesome stuff. I wish I was recording all of this, but. Uh, I went to the Comic Art Gallery uh, the week before uh, Comic Con, and met TJ also. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, he's he's yeah. a guy, and <laughs> highly recommended at Liberty Station if you get a chance to go there uh, early or late and just look at all the gorgeous mm. art and get him talking. Definitely, he'll talk. I mean, we we had him, we got him started, and he didn't he didn't. I mean, we, he didn't stop talking until we left. <laughs> But uh, in terms of uh, you know other conventions that uh, I'm going to be going to, uh, we have um, a Long Beach coming uh, Long Beach Comic Con coming up, I believe. Uh, I think it's Labor Day weekend, um, and then um, Stanley's Kamikaze, uh, or I guess it's Los Angeles Comic Con now. Um, that's uh, sort of like the I think it's like Halloween weekend, and then. The last one probably for me for the year would probably be a designer con. Um, that's one con that I enjoy going to uh, every year just because it's pretty much one huge artist alley and we can just talk to, to all the artists that we want to. Um, last year at designer con, it seemed like it was uh, 3D printing. I, I'm sure if for those of you who remember um, when I was on a cup of tea SDCC during designer con, we had, you know, 
the, that guy who had the the 3D the pen tool. Remember that one? And uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what the trend is will be at this year's Design Con. But uh, Long Beach uh, Comic Con, LA Comic Con, and then Designer Con are the next sort of three conventions for us. Mm-hmm. So, do you plan on doing like five or ten interviews, um, live interviews throughout those <laughs> those cons too? <laughs> so um, have- it, it it would be awesome, but you know, at the same time, I don't want to take away from the artist trying to you know make a living. So we sort of have to gauge and be respectful of their time as well. Mm-hmm. So um, if we can schedule something, you know, before or after, you know. Each day, that that probably be um, better for the artist anyway. But uh, even if we're just doing little, uh, usually what we like to do is, you know, little video promos once we get to a con. So we'll we'll hit up maybe you know seven artists on the first day. Uh, we'll do like a minute long video promo, um, letting so that we can sort of put it on social media, letting letting people know you know their booth number, um, you know where they can find them online in case they can't come to the convention. But um, usually it's people that we follow on online on social media, and sometimes of course we like to look for for new artists uh, that we, we that we don't know. So I think that's the beauty of it going out go to these different conventions. Um, one thing you know that I've myself is that you know I'm, I have. I'm I'm an extrovert, you know. I'm not the social butterfly, but it's forced me, like doing the podcast, to sort of engage with other people. And um, I mentioned Brian Tillman earlier. Uh, he does the panel that does how to you know how to promote and pitch yourself. And he said that when you're at these conventions, um, you're pretty much, you know, with your tribe. You shouldn't be afraid to engage with other people at, at a convention just because you're, you're probably there with, with people there who sort of have the same you know, mindsets. And um, so it should be easier for you to engage with, with them. So I took that to heart. And when we started our podcast, uh, I, had, I said, cool, we're going to just go for it. And just, you know, <laughs> if, if we crash and burn, we crash and burn. But at least we'll do it gl- gloriously, you know. <laughs> you're, the thing is, is that you're within friends. You're among friends. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not right. It's not as hard when you crash and burn when you're yeah. Support you, you know, and, and and like the stuff that you do. So that's you know, I hate your energy to to go out there and do that. I mean, I, I could segue into SDCC fit, or, <laughs> or I could segue into Mark. <laughs> and um, well, let's, let's talk. Let's talk to Mark. Let's talk to Mark. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be really quick then. Then we can do SDCC fit. Um, yeah, uh, today was kind of the last con I'm doing until October. Uh, I'll be doing MCM London, which is a smaller convention, uh, so I'll be doing that. Uh, the come down hasn't hit yet. The jet lag has. The come down hasn't just because I was in LA for five days. Um, so mm. that was that was still as manic as Comic Con because we had uh, two different tour guides over two days, uh, taking us all around, friends of ours, um, showing us all the sites. Um, so we got to see a lot of things. And also, I actually bumped into Charlie Day, um, which was awesome um, and brilliant. And we stopped. I stopped to chat, so I had a lovely photo with Charlie Day. And um, where we stayed, they shot the film Swingers. I love that film. I'm such a huge fan oh, of wow. film. Um, so when we found that out, uh, when was it? Thursday night, we went to the Dresden because I had to go. Oh. Because they shot all the swingers around where we were staying. I'm like, we've got to go to the Dresden now and see Marty and the did, did you Did you say, did you say, this place is dead? <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you know what? Now, now you've said it. I really wish I hadn't have said that. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I was just waiting for Martin and Elaine to come out. I'm thinking, come on, it's uh, it's quarter past nine. Where are they? I need them on. Come on. Anyway, they, they came out, so it was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, so we went to LA for a few days. So I think this week nice. is going to be the big come down, so to speak. Um, so yeah, ask me next weekend and I'll let you know how bad it is. I'm sure Leonard will. If <laughs> I will, <laughs> who knows what Leonard's going to be doing next weekend? And yeah, Karen yeah. <laughs> uh, session says I wore my SDCC T-shirt to work my first day back, and it helped. <laughs> it helped me adjust. Uh, Betsy Wooden um, says she likes the pins, but uh, it it led to folks taking more bags, and then they ran out on Sunday. It's a good point about. Um, CCI and the bags. Although I will say, having worked the, the bag distribution area, we did see a, a lot of the bags came back broken. So I'm not sure if they had a different person um, doing the bags this year or not. Um, Mike Leventhal uh, said offsites are just that offsites. They can enforce the badge requirement um, that I, I suppose that CCI might impose. And uh, Graham Small says CCI can't even apl- <laughs> can can police their own lines. Yeah, <laughs> we're not doing lines. We're not doing lines. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so, how I'm dealing with post-con depression is I have not. I've gotten home a week ago, and I have not unpacked one of my suitcases. <laughs> Yeah, I am steadfastly ignoring it. I've got some some major things happening this week, so um, I'm just I, I've got my head in the sand and and just ignoring it all. Um, one good way <laughs> here of 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 dealing with it um, is planning next your next convention. I do and will be report have a convention um, not this following weekend, but the following weekend I'll be going to Boston Comic Con. And us uh, staying in a closed hotel. So I've, I've, it's, it's an interesting convention that's moved from being uh, a locally run, run organization to being one run by FanFest. So I think I'm not going to like it, but I've applied for a press pass and we will see. They are, and they are informing us press people, um, on the 4th. The convention starts on the 8th. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so we're we're gonna see. I'm gonna play this one out. Maybe I'll get a free badge. <laughs> Maybe I won't. <laughs> um, so that's how I'm dealing with post-con depression, and of course, New York Comic Con in October, and encouraging everybody to uh, consider coming out for New York Con. If you haven't been to New York City, you got to see New York at least once, just because it is right. such <laughs> it. You know, it is such a unique city. Um, and this, of course, leads to Aaron. <laughs> what is another good way of being ready for next con season and combating depression and all of these things? And I bet you have continued with your SDCC fit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did go for a walk before uh, this episode. Uh, so, um Obviously, with work, you know, sort of, uh, me, you know, me b- being busy with work, I haven't had a chance to really go full bore into SDCC fit mode, but I did manage a few walks here and there. So, uh, 
I'm actually this year's con. I actually lost like five pounds just because of all the walking, and I didn't really, you know, eat that much just because you know I, just, I was just so busy running all over the place. Um, but um, <laughs> I have to- I. I, I I, I'm interrupting you because I think I gained those five pounds. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> was it was it was it was it Burger Lounge the the malt uh, the malt shake? <laughs> Absolutely, you know the talk at Burger Lounge eCoin. Okay, I have to say, Mister <laughs> Mister Robots eCoin was oh my god, I loved it and I hated it because. I ate in a lot of new places. <laughs> so you guys didn't eat very much, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so, but I've, I've managed, whatever the, the weight I lost from, uh, uh, Comic Con, I've, I've managed to keep it off, even sort of despite the, uh, the, the Korean Arikini barbecue dinner that we had Sunday night, uh, our post-con sort of team dinner. Uh, I ate a ton of food there just to sort of make up for what I didn't eat uh, for the past week. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, being, getting ready for SDCC 2018, uh, started yesterday, really. Um, it's something, you know, obviously SDCC is, is a goal, uh, you know, SDCC fit for it. But uh, like I say, uh, we're getting SDCC fit for SDCC and for life. So it's really about, you know, a lifestyle and something that you sort of you know, throughout the year, uh, because I mean, it's not just San Diego Comic Con. You go to other cons as well, right? So uh, Alyssa mentioned NY uh, New York Comic Con, and I'm sure there's other Comic Cons that people go out throughout the year. So you need to be ready for whatever con you're going to be going to, whatever size it is. So, uh, yeah, one, I mean, one thing that, that as, uh, one thing that became apparent to me um, over the course of this past fall is I had some damage to some one of my knees. Oh, that's right. Minor, minor, uh, you know, cartilage, ligament, you know, just getting old stuff. And she was saying, mm-hmm. I've got a PT guy, and, and she was saying that, you know, you just have to bulk up your muscles. And that's the, if you do that, you won't have a problem. So it's, it's as you said. I'm sorry. You, you, you broke up there. What did you say? I'm sorry. Um, I had some cartilage damage. Oh, cartilage. Okay. You know, underneath my kneecap, uh, damage to, to my knee. And it's, it's basically right. the thing of you've got to be strong enough. You've got to be fit enough with the, the cardiovascular stuff, but you also have to be strong enough with your muscles to be able to deal mm-hmm. with all of these little problems that come up over the course of your lifetime. And you'll be a lot happier if you do. Right. And. I think this year and last year were the first times that I felt no pain whatsoever. And I think the key to that was um, you know, being consistent throughout the year, um, not just with exercise, but with uh, the choices, food choices. You know, you need to sort of watch. Uh, you have to be smart about what you eat um, and not splurge, you know, all the time. Obviously, you have to have your sort of uh, – your cheat or your rewards meals every once in a while because I think <laughs> chocolate malted milkshakes <laughs> every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right. So I mean, because that helps that helps you be consistent to, in, in the long run because if if you don't do that, you'll have that yo-yo effect on your on your on your diet and your progress, and, n- and that's what you want to avoid. Um, so you know, 
being consistent, uh, watching what you eat. And for, in terms of exercise, one thing that helped me was, um, you mentioned, you know, weight resistance. Uh, I think that played a key in me, you know, being relatively pain free, uh, this year just because of, you know, it helped my muscles. Um, I think it even helped because I, I, I suffer from, from, from knee injuries as well. I used to play a lot of basketball. Um, and every so often I'd get these, you know, these flare ups on my knees because, you know, I tore my ACL and which I never got replaced. But, you know, by strengthening the surrounding muscles, you know, around the knee, I, I I've managed to keep uh, my knees pain free uh, both years. Um, so, uh, and this year, I walked 32 miles, which is what I walked last year. And there's people out there who doubled what I did. Um, Norm, he's, uh, he's part of the, the SDACC Fit Fam. He doubled what I did. <laughs> so that's just incredible. He, he, he attended a lot of the off sites and that's where he gained a lot of his, his steps was just, you know, being outside all the time. So props to Norm. And also I want to send a shout out to, to Vanessa. She's been active on Facebook promoting SDACC Fit. So thank you, Vanessa. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the community growing even more this year. We've had steady growth throughout the last couple of years, um, you know, on Twitter and, and on Facebook. So it's cool to interact with people online. And it's also cool, even better to meet them in person at the, at San Diego Comic Con or, or at other cons that I go to. Uh, it's just, it's just incredible. It's, it's both humbling and it's motivating. It's just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just humbled by it, by the whole thing. <laughs> It's nice. It, it, what I find is really fun about it is that I don't, when I'm talking with my people who participate in SDCC Fit and who we've encouraged over the years, it's less talk mm-hmm. about like Leonard's ankles hurting. <laughs> That's what I'm really happy about. <laughs> <laughs> and it's less talk about those kinds of things. And it's more talk about, you know, not having a problem at, uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, I, I had a problem. My feet hurt on Sunday, but that was because I was wearing yeah. uh, my cosplay shoes. It wasn't because, right. you know, I put in too many steps. And, um, as a, <laughs> uh, Brandy, uh, Venezuela, if I pronounce your name right, I hope, please, <laughs> um, said she started working on her fitness after WonderCon and this year's SDCC was so much better. And Devora on the, uh, my, one of my global mods on the forum is, is an advocate of SDCC fit too. And it's just, it's really nice to be with people who are healthy too. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think that's one, I think that's one thing about the whole, uh, community is that we're all supportive, supportive of each other. Um, you know, if someone's, you know, says that they're sort of having trouble being motivated. Um, you know, a bunch of us on Twitter and say, Hey, you know, you got this. Um, and we'll keep track and we'll keep tabs and we'll check up on them. So I think that's one thing that I've, I've loved about this community is that they, they hold each other accountable. Are you going to at be, the same time? Are you going to be doing anything? Um, speaking of that, uh, community, are you going to be, Aaron, are you going to be doing anything for, uh, this fall or trying, to, trying to get us a little bit more organized? Um, I know we follow the yeah, hashtag, but. Um, that's a very good question. That's something that I've sort of been thinking about. You know, how do we sort of galvanize all the, the the support and the momentum that we've had in the last couple of years? You know, what's the what's the next phase of our of our our evolution? And uh, and I'll I'll put that question out to the community. Um, you know, 
I, I've, I guess my long-term vision would be to have some sort of, uh, you know, meetup at, at San Diego Comic Con sponsored by, you know, Fitbit or something. You know, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. With um, for us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So something like that. And of course, uh, I was actually talking about Leonard about, about, you know, San Diego Comic, uh, SDCC Fit yesterday. And, um, one thing that we've sort of both agreed, agreed upon is that we need to be organized in sort of, uh, uh, you know, the content that uh, SDCC Fit sort of rolls out on social media. So if we can have some sort of like, you know, monthly, quarterly sort of, uh, sort of, you know, themes that we can sort of, uh, put on a calendar leading up to San Diego Comic Con, then I think that'd be, uh, pretty beneficial, beneficial to all the SDCC Fit fam that are participating, um, and, and trying to get fit for, for San Diego Comic Con. So if anybody, uh, wants to join Aaron, in helping organize that, I think I heard him say in that last sentence there that he would be <laughs> he would be grateful for some assistance. Did I hear? Oh that? yeah, I mean <laughs> yes, because I mean it's not just a, it's not it's not about me. It's about everybody. So you know I want this to be an organic sort of thing, and and I, and I, I welcome anybody that wants to sort of uh, help help you know spearhead the movement. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Vanessa's just like. She's going gangbusters on Facebook, just promoting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative of all the people that are passionate about SDCC Fit. I'm going to change. Um, unless you have something that you would like to add, Mark, where are you in everything? I'm, I've turned the camera on you. <laughs> are you yeah. in and They're saying, please let me get off so I can go to bed. <laughs> no, no, I'm all good. You carry on, Alyssa. Carry on. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to shift gears a little bit here and um, say, so everybody is looking forward to, we did find out that we're going to get pre-reg in the fall. So I'm anticipating this being an October, November, December event, just to give a wide range of what the fall quote unquote could be, because I know we tend to get specific about such stuff. We will be having information about that farther on down the road. Um, I believe somebody had said that there was a confirmation that it is occurring in the fall this year because, and the, that the reason why, I, let me back up here, that the reason why it was late last year was because they were trying a new software program that did not work out, but they hope to have things um, mm-hmm. ironed out and therefore go back to the normal schedule. So we will get updated about that. That's, I just wanted to do that, that kind of a, a wrap up that we're going on. Um, and then we have, uh, the week in television. No way. No, yeah. the week in TV. <laughs> <laughs> Unless anybody has any other comments or, you know, stuff or we, you know, if you come up with, if you come up with something, we can do it afterwards too. No, no, no. We, we're doing the week in TV, Alyssa. We're doing it. Come on. Okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's kind of a light week. We have uh, the title of the week in TV is Wolf, Wolves and Legendary Defenders because uh, Teen Wolf comes back this week, tonight, I believe. They're doing um, a top 10 moments to get everybody ready for Teen Wolf. And then MTV will have their season premiere this evening. Right about the same time of Game of Thrones. Uh, a little bit before, I guess. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that all works. Uh, 
we um, also get a season premiere of Rick and Morty. I don't know about you guys, but Rick and Morty has been big in my household with the 17-year-old recently. I'm a little bit tired of Rick and Morty right now. But I get it. But I get it. I understand. <laughs> well, you know, you're going to get off the cuff comments when you talk to me about some of this stuff on occasion. <laughs> um, let's see. We get, we also get, um, a new show called The Sinner, which is a closed series, um, show that, uh, let's see, that uh, USA is putting on with Jessica Beale, who overcomes inexplicable fit of rage, um, violent rage uh which it it sounds as though have you heard anything about this one mark are you uh the sinner um she overcomes this 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 like i said this fit of rage uh, and to, to uncover the woman's buried motives um it seems like it's going to be interesting I'm, it's not my cup of tea, so I'm probably not going to watch it. I think the production values are, are good, and I think that this it's more of a psychological thriller of, of, of who done it and why. Um, <laughs> so I think that one that one could be in, interesting. Um, let's see, there's another one that's there's another new show that's coming on, which is Comrade Detective. This is on, I believe, on Amazon, is having a comrade detective. It's a, the prem, it stars, uh, Tatum, uh, O'Neill, oh, I don't know, I'm having problems. Is the premise is that a recently dis- rediscovered classic that the American stars have overdubbed to bring to the U.S. audience. It stars Tatum O'Neill, Gordon Levitt, providing the English language voices for Detective Gregor and uh, another character, uh, Romanian detectives. It's it sounds like an interesting show, um, but it's it's definitely one of those kind of niche niche shows that um, on Amazon it's for, only for Amazon Prime members. That you may or may not be interested in watching. And we say goodbye to the tunnel, Cleverman, and Grantchester. So those are the only ones. Did you guys, did anybody take a, was able to see the sci-fi show, um, special show? Aaron, did you have a chance to, to get that? For some reason, my DVR missed it. The, um, the sci-fi show with, um, Zach O'Neill, uh, Zach. No, I, no, I haven't had to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I I was I tried to watch the the um the sci-fi special the specials that they aired on top of uh, the Manchester Grand, but wasn't able to see that for some reason. And so, oh, it's Zachary yeah. Levi. Yeah. Uh, for for some reason, my VCR didn't catch them. I, my TiVo didn't catch them. I'm not quite sure why. But anyway, um, moving on. Um, if anybody has any opinions about Midnight Texas, uh, I'd appreciate it because I'm looking forward to that one. We're gonna um, we're gonna be doing a couple of shows on uh, a couple of articles on that one. Um, my co 
my editor-in-chief, Kevin, was able to see that show, uh, that, um, and is going to be doing some articles on it. So that's it for me for the week in television. Anything that you'd like to add, Mark? media um well well i can add that i have just posted the picture of me in a blonde wig on social media so if you want to (laughs) retweet it feel free um i've copied you in uh both of you in and leonard so you can see what i'm talking about how i look like the guy from uh this is spinal tap so no blonde hair for me no blonde hair for you (laughs) definitely not definitely not but uh no that's me done great uh anything else aaron um, I think I'm good. Uh, just make sure everybody's starting to get SDCC fit. <laughs> so, um, please, uh, you can subscribe. If anybody's out there, you can subscribe to the YouTube, YouTube, SoundCloud, um, iTunes accounts. Uh, Leonard would greatly appreciate that. Um, we also do appreciate any Patreon support to help Leonard, uh, get these things out there and and that's always greatly appreciated and it does go directly into helping this helping us continue and yeah let's let's uh, let's, make, let's make him an, an Englishman in San Diego for real <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm sure he would be in San Diego for <laughs> as as opposed to the cold cold england at this point <laughs> cold and rainy. Are you guys, Mark? Are you guys cold and rainy at this point? Yeah. When we landed yesterday, we walked out and it was raining. And then last night we had torrential rain and thunderstorms. Ah. <laughs> well, welcome to summer in England. Welcome to summer. <laughs> and yet now it's bright sunshine. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we've had everything in the past twenty-four hours since I've been back. And where can people find you, Mark? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mark underscore Searby. Um, that's where I am every Thursday night reviewing the week's latest films uh, on the Anglian radio station. I then post uh, the audio boom links on my Twitter uh, throughout the weekend so you can listen to what I think to those. Uh, you can find me on Amazon and Book Reads and iBooks and all of those. If you type in my name, you will see my Al Pacino book on there. Um, I think that's it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> maybe I can't remember. My my brain's mush, and maybe I'm elsewhere. I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> the Albertino book, though, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron, where can people find you? At what which source should people look for you on? <laughs> well, uh, I operate a blog hallh.com, so people can find me there. Um, you can also use uh, hashtags. Hall H show and obviously the hashtag SDCC fit. Um, you know, use those hashtags. You can find me. I also have my own uh, social media accounts for myself. Uh, it's my first and last name, uh, Aaron Nabus, A A R O N N A B U S. And I am on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And I feel, <laughs> I feel very underserved by only having one. <laughs> well, I do have a personal account, but that's a personal account. My Twitter is at friends of CC9, and my website is <laughs> friends of CC.com. So 
from all of us to all of you, thank you so much for bearing with us with this long show. Um, don't tell Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.